B'Shem Hashem Na'asev and Asliyach. Welcome everyone to our weekly shiur on the Zera Shimshon. Today's parasha is parashat Noah. Be'ezrat Hashem Itbarach. Tavshin Pei Dalet. May the zechut of the Zera Shimshon be a melitz yosher for all of Am Yisrael and a protecting zechut for our soldiers of Tzva Ganale Yisrael that risk their lives for Am Yisrael. May Hashem bring them home, all of them safely and healthy. And as the chut should be for the captives of Am Yisrael, may them all be joined with their families as soon as possible. Amen. Keni Ratzon. In these times of tzara, like we say, it's a time that all of Am Yisrael should get together to, um, to make sure that we're learning more Torah, doing more mitzvot. And as the chut should be for all of Am Yisrael, we definitely, definitely, definitely need it. We need it. You know what I believe in. I've said this many, many times, and I'll say it again. Waving flags and honking your horn is pointless when it comes to these things. It's nice, it shows unity, but it's, n it's not really helpful. What is helpful is true unity. The only true unity there is for Am Israel is to unite with the same purpose. And our purpose is the Torah. When we, do, when we learn Torah, when we do mitzvot, we truly unite together. And we see that. We see that today. Baruch Hashem, Am Yisrael is very, very united. It's never been this united as it is right now. I mean, look, you, you watch videos of all these restaurants in Tel Aviv that, are, that were non-kosher before, and they're all making the restaurants kosher so that they can make kosher food for the soldiers. It's incredible. The achdut is incredible. The, 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 you know... No one, now no one's asking if you're religious, Haredi, Hasidish, no one asks that question. Now it's all about how can I help? How can we help here? We can help by learning Torah and there's a chut, doing one extra mitzvah and there's a chut. So this Torah of Zerah Shimshon should be in the zuchut, also in the zuchut of our soldiers prevailing, Am Yisrael prevailing, and all of the tzarot should be over, and we should hear basarot tovot very, very soon. And also for the refuah shalema of kol hole am Yisrael, especially Malkiel ben Soraya, Skyler bat Flora, Meir ben Parvin, and Ariel David ben Farahnas. There is a <coughs> there is a Gemara in Sanhedrin, Perak Yud Aleph. Sorry, this is um, Ot Zain. We're doing the seventh Ot of the Zerah Shimshon. The Gemara in Sanhedrin, Daf Guf Chet, um, page 108, Amud Bet says, in this week's parasha, Parashat Noah, when the flood finally stopped, and Noah wanted to check to make sure that the water has resided and gone down, <clears throat> he's he first chose to send which bird? The, the first time. The raven. He first sent the raven. The crow. The raven. So the Pasuk says, and he sent the raven. Reshlagish says, There was an eternal answer that the raven gave to Noah. Meaning there was something that the raven said to Noah that Noah had no answer for. He couldn't answer him back. Amarlo, he said to him, meaning the raven said to Noah, 
If you have never learned this before, if you've never heard it before, yet it's going to blow you away. Listen to what the raven says to Noah. The raven says, Rabbecha suneni va'ata suneni. Your master hates me, you hate me also. Who's Noah's master? HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So the raven says to Noah, you know, God hates me and so do you. Why? Rabbecha suneni. Your master hates me. Sha'amar, likach min ha-tahorim shiv'a umin ha-temeim shetayim. Says because your master told you to collect from the pure animals seven, and from the impure animals only two. Right. So you've only taken two of us, versus all the pure animals like the cows and the goats and the all those things you've taken seven of. That's why I'm saying your master hates us, hates me. You hate me. Why? You're taking a raven that there is only two of on the entire boat, and you're not taking an animal from the tehorim, from the pure ones, which you have seven of. Meaning, like the raven is saying, if it doesn't come back, it's over. Right? So why are you choosing the raven instead of choosing one of the ones that you got, quote-unquote, extra ones of? Right? You got seven cows, you got seven doves, you got seven... Uh, uh, turkeys don't fly. <laughs> uh, geese. Right? Kosher birds. You got seven of them, send one of those. If it doesn't come back, okay? Well, it's going to go into it. If it becomes too hot or it becomes too cold, the raven is saying this, it becomes too hot or too cold, it catches a fever or a cold or it gets too sick or whatever and it doesn't survive, you're going to have a, a, a creation that's going to be missing from all the creations that you've saved into the Teva. Furthermore, Amarle, he said to him, Shema I told you before, disclaimer, it's going to blow you away. He says to Noah, furthermore, maybe you have my eye on your wife. Um, uh, you have, sorry, maybe you, you have your eye on my wife. The raven says, you're eyeing my wife. That's why you're sending me out, hoping that the raven doesn't come back, so that Noah will take the raven. Okay. Amarlo, it's crazy, right? It's just, it's, it's crazy. But hey, let's just backtrack a little bit. Hashem destroyed the world. The number one reason HaKadosh Baruch Hu destroyed the world was what? Immorality. The immorality that was going on at the time in the world was in, increasing. It's like, it was where people, animals, people, men, women, it didn't matter what you are, as long as, you know, you walk the ground, you were married with something. <laughs> right? That's how, that's how it was running. So HaKadosh Baruch Hu said, this world cannot survive. It can't survive like this. We need to redo this. So, it's not such a, it's not such a crazy surprise that the raven is telling Noah, you're eyeing my wife. Because at the time before the flood of Noah, that's what was going on. 
right? It was, the world had become filthy. <coughs> Listen to Noah's answer to the raven. Amarlo, Noah says to him, Rasha, you wicked, wicked one. Bemutarli ne'esarli, be'asurli lokol sheken. What is permitted to me is asur for me now. Meaning, my own wife I cannot be with. Because Hashem has ordered that I cannot be, that no one can have relations during the time of the flood. On the boat, no one was allowed to have relations with their mates. Because at the time like this, the world is getting destroyed. You're going to have relations. They were not allowed to do it. Right? So Noach says, the person that's mutar to me, the person that is permitted for me, my own wife, I'm not allowed to be with. You rasha, you think I'm going to go and be with someone that's asur for me to begin with, that is already not allowed for me to begin with, like a raven, not even my own species. And that's basically until here is what Gemara Sanhedrin says. Now, there is a very simple question to ask on this. Makshim ha'olam says, the world asks one question. Why is it that Noah did not answer anything on the first question of the raven? He's only answering the second question of the raven, right? The raven had two concerns. Number one, don't you think there's going to be a creation missing if the raven doesn't come back? You're sending me out. If it's too hot, if it's too cold, I might not come back. So the, the world is going to be missing ravens. Right? How could you send me out? Your master hates me and you hate me too. Noach doesn't seem to be answering that question. He only answers the second question when the raven says, you're eyeing my wife. So he says, what? What's permitted for me, I can't be with. Why would I be with someone that's asur from me altogether? What happened to the first concern of the raven? Clear enough? Pretty simple, right? So he says, Lo lo noach al He didn't answer anything about the first concern of the raven, which said, what if the sun or, the, or what if the heat or the cold get me? It's, and it's, and it's, Kind of difficult to say that because of this, Rish Lakish in the Gemara says that, ah, the raven had one question on Noah that was eternal, meaning Noah couldn't answer the question. It's, it's, it's difficult to say that, that Noah completely couldn't. Can we say that really Noah couldn't answer the question? Menire says, it seems to be, letaret to answer, really, Noach did answer the first question as well. Shalafi, because He says because the raven really had one concern, one question. But the problem was it didn't know how to phrase the question, did not know how to ask this question, the concern that it has. Didn't know how to ask it. But really, in fact, it was both one question. <clears throat> it's both the same. 
ושתיהן בושה אחת לבדה, בתירץ אחת עולה לשתיהן. And the answer that Noah gave really answers both of these questions. He's not missing the answer. אבל אם... אבל אם הוא יודע להחשות לא הבמה שלי אלא בושה אחת בלבד says but however if the raven was more collected and knew how to ask this question or phrase his concern he would have only asked one question which was and this would become תשובה נצחית בלי שום תירוץ והיינו says therefore דמתחילה in the beginning אמר לו העורב in the beginning, the raven turns to the uh, turns to Noah and says, "In the beginning, he turns to the orev. Sorry, the orev says, 'Im pagabi sar shel chama.' If the, the the raven says, 'If the sun.'" The heat of the sun gets me, or the cold of the wind, or whatever it is. Something natural happens and he doesn't make it back to the boat. Then you will find a world that's going to be missing one of its creatures, the raven. Noah could have easily answered this question. Raven, you're worried that the world is not... You're worried that the world is not going to have a raven because I'm sending you out to check to see if the waters have subsided and the world is okay, livable now? He says, the opposite. Noach tells the raven, if I had sent one of the creatures that I have seven of, which you have a problem with, raven. You're saying, how come you didn't send one of the creatures that you have seven of, you got extra? Why are you sending one of the creatures you only have two of? If I don't come back, you're done. Noach says, the opposite is true. If I had sent one of the ones that I had extra of, he says, then it would be possible that if actually something happened and they didn't survive, that creature didn't survive. says, then, okay. So it died because there was no need for it in the world. Because, hey, I got six more inside the boat. There is no more. I mean, there is more. I don't need it anymore. Meaning, if I had sent a dove, which is a kosher, uh, the kosher bird, or any other kosher bird to fly, and it actually did die, wouldn't have been a problem. So then, he says, Beninsa Shotohamin Shel Shiva. Then it would only be missing one. However, if I take a creature that I only have two of, and I send that creature, and that creature is truly needed in the world, it's not possible for them to get hurt. You know why? Says because Hakadosh Baruch Hu is going to watch that creature in order for it to continue to reproduce, and so that there should be that creature in the world. Noach has basically turned to the raven and saying, "Why do you think Hashem had me get you to come into the boat in order for you to survive? If you were supposed to die, 
you wouldn't be here to begin with. If God wanted to kill you, you would have been outside the whole time. So the fact that I'm sending you out proves that you're going to live. You're going to be just fine. Because if God wanted to kill you, he would have killed you before. If I had sent out one of the creatures that I had seven of, then maybe we could doubt, maybe it won't survive. Because at the end of the day, it's not that crucial. I got six more. It'll survive. There'll be more cows in the world. There'll still be more sheep. There'll still be more doves. There'll still be more goose. All these things are going to survive because I had seven of them. So that's what Noah would have answered the raven, which is very, very brilliant. Mishum Hachi says, because of this, the raven adds to his concern. Or says a second part of his question. Says, Shema So the raven says, maybe you have your eye on my wife. Kelomar, so to speak. Dilma enata haolam klal. Says, maybe you don't care about the survival of the world at all. Maybe something's happened to you. Maybe that's not what you care about anymore. The only thing you care about now is to be with my wife. That's what you care about. And that's why you're sending me. Now this is something from the Gemara. Interesting. It says, If you do make a relationship with my wife, my wife will never have children again anyway. Which is what the Gemara says. The Gemara Abu Zara says, When human beings are with animals, God forbid, that animal will no longer reproduce. It damages the animal. So the raven basically says to Noah, whether I survive or not, whether I come back or not, even if I come back, because you are eyeing my wife, the species is not going to continue because my wife will never have children anyway or lay eggs as a raven would. Raven eggs, lays eggs. Can, can someone pour me some hot tea? It's, it's kind of cooled down. I need it. Hot, please. <clears throat> So he says, therefore, even if I go out and the heat doesn't get me, the cold doesn't get me, and I get to come back here, thank you so much, and I get to come back here, it'll still be missing, the world will still missing the raven. One creature will be missing. Why? Because he's basically saying his wife is doomed. And because of this, So the raven's telling Noah, because of this I'm saying that, basically the raven is saying that he's not going to survive out there. Why? Because God's going to say, I don't need any more anyway. Because even if he does survive now, there's not going to be any more ravens because his wife just lay with Noah. And they're not, their species is not going to survive. So therefore the raven is saying, you're going to basically stamp my doom. If you lie with my wife, there will be no need for me anymore because I can't reproduce. And therefore he's basically telling him he's not going to survive. 
Because he's telling him, I have no one to be with for me to reproduce. So Noah answers him for both questions. He told him, I am Asur. So he says, I can't even be with what's mutar to me, my own wife. Why would I be with something that's Asur to me? So he's basically <coughs> targeting both of these concerns. He's telling him, you're thinking you're not going to survive because what? You're not going to survive because there's no need for you anymore. Because even if you do come back, your wife is not going to have any children. So I'm telling you, don't worry. You're going to survive. I'm, I don't have a, I'm not putting a target on your head here. You're going to survive. Because I am not allowed to be with anyone. So you're a rasha. You're wicked for thinking this all together. And with that answer, he's basically answering both of those questions. He He's really answering those both questions. Both of his questions are answered. Says, therefore, you don't have to worry about natural disasters getting you out there because you're gonna have to survive. You need to come back and you need to be with your own wife. So that answers both questions. However, the Zarashim Shon doesn't stop here. He says, we have to look into this a little more. He says, Amnam. <clears throat> he says, however, Teshuvah zo eno teshuvah guna. He says, however, sorry. This answer is not the best answer either. He says, it's, you might think it's a good answer, but it's not the best answer. How come? He says, Rak lefi devarab shel ha'orev shosif lo shema le'ishti because when, when the Orev, when the raven tells him that maybe you are eyeing my wife, show chashad al hevel ushtut. Shem haya yodea ha'emet lo haya lo tzorech lazeh. Says because when he has this, so to speak, problem, the raven, it's really nonsense. Why? Because if he knew the truth, this wouldn't even come up. He says why? The ha'amrim befelik gimel diktuvot hakol bidei shamaim. This is interesting. There's a Gemara. There, there are some commentaries on this Gemara, but I'm just going to tell you the Gemara anyway. The Gemara says, everything is in God's hands. Everything is done by Hashem, except for a fever and the common cold. That's what the Gemara says. Basically, if you, come, if you come out of the shower and you don't wrap yourself with your clothes right away like your mom has been telling you for the past God knows how long and you catch a cold, it's your fault. That's not something that God brings upon you. You brought it upon yourself. If you went out in the freezing cold and you didn't have a good overcoat or whatever it is, it's your fault. That's not Hashem. What this all means in the Gemara, that's a discussion on its own. right? But interestingly, that's what the Gemara says. The Gemara says, being basically um, hurt 
by the power of the sun or the power of the cold, like winter and summer, doesn't have anything to do with God. That's not what God ordains. It's more to do with you. You need to be able to take care of yourself. Your seat's here. You can sit here. Can you open that seat for someone to sit here? Thank you. <clears throat> so therefore, the Zerashim Shon is saying, according to this, the answer that Noah was giving, that what? Don't worry, raven. You're the last raven. Hashem knows you're the last raven. He will protect you from the heat and the cold. Zerashim Shon is saying, according to this Gemara, no, he won't. Because if the raven catches a cold or is somehow hurt by the sun, the heat, it wouldn't have to do with Hashem. Hashem would basically say, listen, <laughs> yeah, maybe you should have sent another animal that has more fur. Right? If it was in the winter time. Or maybe, so he says, Therefore, the raven could have still died because of the sun. Or because of the cold. Even if that raven was the last raven of the world, if the Gemara says this has nothing to do with Hashem, it has nothing to do with Hashem, he could have still died because of the heat. Therefore, it's very good. The raven picked the right things to say to Noah. He said, he didn't say, he didn't turn to Noah and say, what if the water takes me? What if it starts raining again and I can't swim? What if, I don't know. The raven didn't cho choose any other natural disaster. It only said, basically, what if I catch the flu or a fever? That's basically what the, what the raven says. What if that is the end of me? How come it chooses those two things? Because the raven understood these two things are not ordained by Hashem. So you can't answer me that, don't worry, you're the last raven, God's going to protect you. No, I'm supposed to be able to protect myself against these things. And you're forcing me to go out of the ship, out of the boat. Now, there's nothing I can do. So therefore, you are trying to kill me. That's what he told Noah. Therefore, That's why he says, as we started the Gemara, the Gemara says that the raven gave a question to Noah, which Noah couldn't answer. What's the question Noah couldn't answer? That's the end of the Zerah Shimshon. It says no matter which way you look at it, the raven had a point. The raven was basically saying, you're leaving me in the hands of God, but if it comes to natural disasters of heat and cold, it has nothing to do with God, and I'm still doomed. That's the end of the Ot. Zayn of the Zashimshon. So here's my two cents. If you're ready for it. This entire I think this entire Ma'amar um, of the Zashimshon, if there's one thing that I could say it's talking about is Emunah. When I when you read about the raven and the raven's concerns with Noah, it just, for me, it made sense to look at it and say, 
where is the raven's emunah? Imagine, okay? There's been a flood, and the flood has destroyed everything. Everything. Hashem orders Noah to become the savior of the entire world, build a boat, and put all the creatures of the world, or the creatures that HaKadosh Baruch Hu chose, into this boat to save them all. This boat, if you look in the Torah this week, when we're, when we're doing Parashat Noah, if you look in Parashat Noah, read the English side in the art scrolls, the measurement of the boat is extremely small. It's not a big boat. It's really small. Like, you can't even fit a zoo in there. It's, it's smaller than the animals in a zoo. And a zoo doesn't have all the species of the world that we have today. All of the species that we have today in the world had to be on this boat. And they were all on the boat. But that was only one level though. On one level was Noah and his family. On one level was the animals. And on the other level was the trash. Right? Because you don't want to pollute the world that's becoming cleansed. Don't throw the trash out the window. Put it down below. Copyright that. <laughs> so, all of this happening... Huge miracle that in all of this flood, everything is getting literally through acid. It's getting cleansed. Everything is being destroyed. Yet this boat, nothing happens to it. Right? For so long, it's raining. It's, it's a huge flood. All the tomot, all the waters of the underground wells opened up and it flooded the entire world. This boat survives with all of the creatures of the world in this little space. None of them ate each other. None of them attacked each other. Everybody was fine, everybody was good, everybody survived. Yet the raven, on the last days, all of a sudden thinks to himself, maybe they got it out for me. Maybe, just, God hates me. That's what he says to Noah, right? So he says to Noah, you hate me, and your master hates me. Can you just imagine? He's basically saying, HaKadosh Baruch Hu hates me. Really? You could just hear Hashem saying, I put you on this boat. Many creatures didn't survive. I chose for them not to survive. Many of them didn't survive. Not only you survived, you were fine. Your wife was fine. No one's got an eye out for your wife. No one's got an eye out for your life. Nothing. All of a sudden, it's like you're this paranoid person. The raven becomes paranoid. God has it out for me. And if it's not God that has it out for me, Noah has it out for me. Why? Because he wants my wife. It's crazy, right? But let's take a step back. Let's think about it for a moment. Two people have the same kind of business. It happens quite often that each of them are looking at each other. What did this person do? How did he succeed? How did she succeed? How much does she get paid? How much do I get paid? How come she gets this much? How come she gets that much? Why can't I make that much? Why can't I get that husband? Why can't I get that wife? Why is his wife like this? Why is his husband like this? It's all we do. Why? Because we don't take a step back and think, hold on a second. Baruch Hashem Yom Yom. HaKadosh Baruch Hu has given me everything. Everything. This past weekend, I was at a, I, I had a star Shabbaton for teenagers. 
and I asked the teenagers to all close their eyes. And interestingly enough, almost all of them did, which is surprisingly by itself. Like you ask a teenager to do something and they do it. I was looking around like, I, I, I kind of all, I almost actually asked it rhetorically, but it didn't happen. So just imagine if you close your eyes and I see like 50 teenagers, eyes closed. It was amazing. So close your eyes. And then I said, keep it closed for about 10 seconds. They all kept it closed for 10 seconds. I said, now open it. They all opened it. What happens? They said, we see. I said, imagine now, when you close your eyes, that darkness that you see when your eyes are closed, then you open your eyelids and nothing changes. Imagine you open your eye and nothing changes. The person would have a heart attack, right? Imagine waking up in the morning, the moment you open your eyes and you want to say muda'ani, the person opens their eyes and they can't see a thing, nothing changes. The eyelids are opening and closing, nothing changes. It's just black. There are those in the world that have that experience every day. Nothing changes. But there are those that open their eyes every single morning at a habit. And it's a beautiful world. Light is shining in. Birds are chirping. There's color outside. Yet we complain about the things we think we don't have. We worry about the things we think will happen. That's the raven. The raven was telling Noah, ah, you're sending me out to check for you if the world has survived or not, but really you had it out for me. God has it out for me. Everyone's got it out for me. That's called lack of emunah. That's called not having enough emunah in HaKadosh Baruch Hu. What do you mean? You're breathing. You're breathing. You're doing just fine. That's what we do every day. We have sometimes so much lack of emunah that everything worries us. Things that haven't happened even worry us. Am I going to get this? Am I going to get that? Am I going to... Where's the emunah? Where's the emunah? Where's the bitachon? Where's the trust in HaKadosh Baruch Hu? You know, the raven, it's very interesting because... Interesting that Noah chose the raven because there is, there, there is, um, it's brought down that honestly the raven should not have survived altogether, should not even have been on Noah's boat because the raven is an evil creature, not a good creature. So the Chachamim asked, Why did the raven survive? Why? If the raven is such a disgusting creature, by the way, I'm only using that terminology to bring out a point. There, today, there is no such thing as a dis disgusting creature. HaKadosh Baruch Hu has created everything. If Hashem created something, it's not disgusting. But we're using it in those terms to just teach the point that the raven is not one of the better creatures in the world. It has bad habits. It's paranoid, as we see from the Torah. You know? Huh? Why did it survive? One second. It's rhetorical, because I want to answer it, then we can talk about it after. That's not what I said. We'll, we'll discuss it afterwards. Let me continue. 
the raven, the Chachamim tell us, survived because thousands of years later, it would have the responsibility of feeding Eliyahu Hanavi. Because when Eliyahu Hanavi was in hiding, HaKadosh Baruch Hu sent the raven, and the raven would go and steal black kosher meat from the palace of the king and bring it to Eliyahu Hanavi. And the Chachamim tell us that because, because the raven, that species, would one day receive that responsibility and carry it out correctly, it was worth for this creature that had, so to speak, no appreciation, no emunah, lack of emunah, for it to survive, because one day it would have that responsibility. Even though it's, we're talking about it in, an, in negative terms. So yes, there are reasons to, that the Chachamim say the raven is not such a good creature. Why? Different reasons. But at least one reason that we found today in our shiur is that the raven brings out a, 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 a lack of emunah. After all that HaKadosh Baruch Hu had done, it still had a question whether it's going to survive or not. And really, the, the Zerah Shimshon that says the answer that Noah gave him was really an answer of emunah. Noah basically told him, listen, buddy, like, you think that all of this happened for you to survive now, for me to send you out one day and for you to get killed out there? God knows you're the only raven. Why would he kill you now? It's funny. We would laugh at this, right? But unfortunately, human nature is the same way. We doubt ourselves. We doubt HaKadosh Baruch Hu, And we don't have enough confidence. And Chachamim tell us, the worst thing in the world is a person that does not believe in themselves and HaKadosh Baruch Hu. HaKadosh Baruch Hu first, and themselves second. Because when you're negative, you bring upon yourself negativity. When you're positive, you bring yourself positivity. When you're constantly positive about things, you, you build, you create positivity. So everything's fine. Everything's going to be great. Everything's great no matter what. HaKadosh Baruch Hu's the best. He knows what he's doing. No matter what happens, it's the best. Look at what's happening around the world. All I talked about this week to every single age was we are living in dark times. Very dark times. Why? Because there was a time last week, literally, that when you would think about atrocities that have happened this past week, you would only think of the Holocaust. And the Holocaust to all of us is pretty much a story of the past. It's a true story, but it was always a black and white story of a past. Of a past of uneducated people, of a past of um, um, an anti-Semitic world. And we would walk around saying, never again. And we felt so proud to say never again. Because it's in the past. These things don't happen in modern times. These atrocities cannot happen in modern times. No one will allow it. It's impossible. Yet it happened. Possibly worse happened. So it's pretty dark. Why? Because now it's in current times. We're living in modern times and this happens. So it's easy for it to bring us down. It's really easy for it to break us. So 
All I've been telling people this entire week has been, in times of darkness, you need to be the light. Because Chachamim tell us, just a little bit of light, Take yourself into a pitch black room, pitch dark, and light one match. How much of the room gets lit? It's incredible. You only need one match. You only need one match. And half of the room has light. One little tiny light, one speck of light, spreads a lot. It, it pushes back a lot of darkness. And we have to see that we have that light in our lives. They try to bring us down, tormenting us physically, emotionally, mentally. We can't let that happen. We are the nation that constantly goes. Why do we constantly go? Because we have emunah. Look at us. Look, just, just look at us. Just look at us. The Holocaust killed six million Jews. Six million. What did we do after the Holocaust? We built an entire country that in 70 years became the pioneer of other countries. In technology, in medicine, you name it, Israel became. Any other people that would have gone through something like that, I don't know. They would go around trying to kill their enemies. Do you ever hear of any Jews tying bombs around themselves in Germany and walking into a bank? No one did that. No one did that. What did we do? We went ahead because we built our lives on Emunah. We have Bitachon and Akadosh Baruch Hu. Hashem knows what He's doing. If I'm here now, it means I have a purpose. If I'm here now, it means I can change something. If I'm here now, it means I can do some good. So I'm going to do it. I'm going to go for it. I'm going to do it no matter what. I've brought this example many times. I had a Rebbe. Not a Rebbe. It was a rabbi that really helped me in my life in many ways. I don't even think he knows. He was not from our yeshiva. He was just an outside rabbi. I don't even know how I found him or he found me or whatever. He used to take us on trips and do things with us. And it was just, it was much needed breaks that we needed sometimes he would help us with. <clears throat> One time he took us on a ski trip in New York. At that time I was in yeshiva in New York. And he took us on a ski trip. And this guy, he was in his late 50s. He was an extremely good skier. He's a really good skier. I, I'd never seen someone with a white beard ski like that. It literally, in, in his, white, his white shirt was under his jacket. Like He didn't change his clothes for skiing. <clears throat> Going down the mountain on black diamond, double black diamond. If you guys know what that is in skiing, double black diamond is pretty much a mountain that's like straight. So he asked me, he said, Yitzchak, you want to go on a black diamond with me? I'm like, of course. <laughs> I'd never been on a black diamond in my life. But it was like embarrassing for me as an 18, 19 year old kid to tell you know, a 50-something-year-old, 60-year-old, I'm not going to go on Black Diamond with him. So I'm like, yeah, let's do it. So I sit on this lift. By the way, I still remember on the lift as we're going up, it never ended. It kept going. I was freaking out. I was like, where is this thing taking me? I was like, the air was getting so thick. So we get up there, and he goes, all right, bye. And he literally just starts going down, whoop, whoop, zigzag down the mountain. It's like, it's, there's... So I, I, I skied for about one second down that mountain. The rest of it I rolled. 
right? I literally, as soon as I went like, I started rolling. My skis came off. My like, I had to like collect them. So as I'm rolling down, and I mean it quite literally, I was as I'm rolling down, and I kept getting up and rolling down again. I finally get to him at the bottom of the hill. He's waiting for me, and I get up, and then I asked them. I said, Rebbe, like, that's crazy how you came. Don't you ever? Don't you fall?" And this stuck with me for my life. He said, of course you fall. Everybody falls. What's important is what you do when you get up. And as I just took that in, when he said that to me, in that freezing cold, I was sitting in snow. As he's standing on top, I remember it like it was yesterday, standing on top of me, holding his keys. I've just rolled down a double diamond mountain. I'm sitting there. And he goes, of course we fall. What's important is what we do when we get up. And I'm taking that in, and he continues and he says, you wipe your tuchis and you keep going. Tuchis in Yiddish means your butt. You wipe yourself and you keep going. That is the secret to Am Yisrael. That is our secret. The greatest secret of Am Yisrael is we just keep going. What gives us that koach to keep going it's called Emunah. We have faith in HaKadosh Baruch Hu. We know that He's watching. We know everything's going to be okay. We can never give up hope. If we had given up hope, forget about Israel, the land of Israel. We wouldn't even be here. We've hung on for thousands of years in pogroms, inquisitions, holocausts, uh, uh, mass murders, mass conversions. We're still here. Because we had emunah. The lesson we learned from the raven conversation and Noah is, have emunah. Take a step back and say to yourself, let's talk about what I do have. Let's talk about what HaKadosh Baruch Hu has given me. Let's talk about where I've come to now. And then I'll worry about what I'm so worried about in the future. The husband, the wife, and I'm, am I going to get married? Am I going to have money? Am I not going to have money? Take it easy. HaKadosh Baruch Hu sees all. HaKadosh Baruch Hu knows all. You have to just dive into HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And I'll end with a story I heard from another, another Rav on the same ot. said, there was a Rav that at a young age in Russia, he was very fragile. And he always caught colds. During the cold seasons, in the winter times, he, had, he would catch multiple, multiple colds. His mother had to always wrap him in like shawls. and that. When he was older, they sent him to Siberia, the Russians. And when he came back, he said, in Siberia, one day he found himself davening to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And he says, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, I know that when a person, the Gemara says, a cold is up to yourself. Catching a cold is up to you. If you dress up well, you won't catch a cold. If you don't, you'll catch a cold. You gotta be careful, you gotta take care of your body. So as I looked at Kadosh Baruch, I said, I'm in Siberia. They don't give me coats. I'm not my own person. I'm totally in your care. I can't take care of myself. So here, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, you need to take care of me. And he says in his entire time in Siberia, not one time did he catch a cold in the 
freezing cold of Siberia. That's called emunah. The Gemara says, cold is not up to Hashem, it's up to everything is up to Hashem at the end of the day. If you communicate with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, if you talk to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the world will change just for you. Just for you. And Hashem knows we need that now more than ever. Am Israel needs this more than ever. We need to have emunah and bitachon. And that has to be our glue factor, our unit. We become a unit in our emunah. I've said this to students, I've said this to old people, I've said this to my shul, I've said this to many, many people. Nothing else unites us. Not the flag, not the land of Israel. None of that is our uniting factor. Think about it. For thousands of years, we didn't even have Israel. We remained Jewish. We didn't have a flag. We remained Jewish. The only thing that unites us is our faith and our Torah. Period. We keep that going. We stay together with that glue factor. We survive and we thrive. The moment we let go of our glue factor, the Torah, then we lose our unity. When we lose our unity, this is what happens, unfortunately. Baruch Adonai Amen Have a wonderful day.